grave danger. Is there another kind? You see, the useful idiots that the Soviet Union, that Lenin put into America, are now the useful idiots from the Chinese. U.S. President Joe Biden, who has had another week of gaffes, confused moments. Uh, uh, They're coming down on America like Pac-Man, eating us up alive. They're acting more as propagandists. Also, the science has changed. You know the Pac-Man game? Think of a Pac-Man game out of control. Sucking away at the foundation of America. If Russia pursues its aggression, it will face the massive consequences that... Because if they don't want you to believe something and they can cast doubt... We have no intention of fighting Russia. Sometimes confusion can actually be the goal. The goal. The goal. And as we've said all along... Confusion can actually be the goal. I say liar, liar, pants on fire... Welcome to another edition of Speaking Out America. I am your host, JR. For the next hour, you and I are going to have a deep dive conversation. It is going to be a very busy show for you today. We've got Michael Letts coming on in a little bit. You know, now that uh, this shooting in Nashville has the attention of everyone because it involved three children, three adults, a Christian school, and a transgender activist, the president thought it would be a good idea to reintroduce a plan or a law that would restrict people's access to being able to protect themselves. And uh, Michael is an expert at that. Invest.org is his website, and he is a champion of Second Amendment rights. And we're going to break it down a little bit later about what Biden is trying to do and why you should be concerned about it. Uh, We have a lot of topics, a lot of good sound bites. Uh, Here's a good one. So the some of the financials came out today. Here's lady by the name of, I can't remember her first name, but it's Miss Pomroy. And she appears often on Mornings with Maria. And she strikes me as an Upper East Side, uh, probably Harvard or Yale, uh, uh, Upper Crest. Uh, and, and she tries to come off, you know, being, I don't know, smart. But, you know, here's a good example of just how people have sort of a twisted view. She's talking about how the fact that the winter... The first quarter was actually pretty good. Uh, There were more people buying things than they expected, and that kept the GDP up instead of it going down. And she attributes climate change to it. Listen to this. Um, But I would point out, you know, one of the things we're going to see in this first quarter number uh, when it comes, this is fourth quarter revision we're seeing now, but the first quarter number is strong. Um, And that's due a lot in in a small part to the incredibly warm winter we had. We had one of the warmest winters on record. Mm. And that has seriously flattered the economic data. So I think people are falling for this illusion of strength created by uh, weather and some of the uh, statistics shenanigans in the okay. data, but that's a topic well, the for another day. <laughs> that's yeah. a good thing, Rob. I mean, right? Isn't that a good thing? The climate being warmer meant that people could be outdoors spending, having a good time, buying ice cream. Isn't that what it's all about? So again, there's another, but she's portraying it as if it's an aberration. Uh, and then other news today that came across my desk, Representative Buddy Carter had some interesting input. He sits, I believe, on the House Ways and Means Committee, and he was talking about the big self-inflicted wound that Joe Biden has foisted upon the American people. What policies do you see on the horizon that will take growth numbers up 
All we're hearing about are new rules coming out of the White House on small and mid-cap banks. Doesn't that tighten uh, economic activities rather than loosen up things? Well, it does, but thank goodness we've got a Republican majority in the House of Representatives now, and today, today is a big day because we will pass H.R. 1, the Lower Energy Cost Bill. It is going to help us to increase energy production and energy exportation here in America and decrease the regulatory process. It will result in lower energy costs, and, and that will help our economy. So we're doing our part here. And also, but is it going to see the light of day? Is it going to see the light of day? Congressman, the White House is threatening a veto. Well, you know, and that would make sense for this president who does not understand that it's his policies that have gotten us into this mess. What's happening with our economy is self-inflicted. Mm. Day one, Joe Biden and Joe Biden declared war on fossil fuels and on American energy. And that's what's caused this economy to be in the shape it's in right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Joe Biden's uh, between a rock and a hard place, isn't he? Because if he goes to war over Taiwan or for that matter, Ukraine or whatever else could pop up, uh, then we're going to need the energy in order to fight effectively. But who do you please, the uh, the hawks or the environmentalists? And he needs both of them if he thinks he's going to run again. You know, he's going to need his constituency. And for some strange reason, the, uh, the environmentalists seem just hell-bent on destroying the planet. Uh, they don't understand. And we'll get to some other tidbit news about that because there's just more and more information coming out that declares that the, cli- the climate is not in crisis. The only crisis is the crisis going on in people's minds. So another big issue that people are dealing with is TikTok. So what, what do they do? What, you know, we know that TikTok is owned by ByteDance, which is controlled by or influenced by the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. We know that they are hell-bent on trying to gather. People in America don't seem to care that people in China have dedicated thousands of people who get up every day and they go to work and they go into the Ministry of Information and their job is to extract data on human or American citizens. Doesn't that concern you that a country that has a reputation for or organ harvesting uh, is also interested in your birthday, where you live, what your children look like, where you went to school, how much money you might have in your bank account, where you eat, where you shop. Now, all of this surveillance comes from the other side of the ocean. Some of it probably does come from our own people as we're learning. We know now that the FBI is spying on parents. We know now that IRS has been empowered, so they're going to start snooping. And it's frightening. The, 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 the big threat is, of course, China. So we try to come up with legislation, and Senator Mark Warner from Virginia steps in along with Tom Thune of South Dakota, and they come up with a, a, a bill called the Restrict Act. Now, you remember that after 9-11, Bush enacted the Patriot Act. And even back then in 2001, I said to myself, this does not portend. This will soon be turned around and it'll be pointed at domestic surveillance, domestic terrorism. All it's going to need is the right president to step into the office and decide that he's afraid of his own people. And that is exactly what happened 20 years later. We are now 22 years or 22 years from 9-11 and the Patriot Act is still in force. But the difference is, is that the government, the Department of Justice, 
It's not looking at the people coming in across the border. They're looking at their own citizens and their behavior. So it's only natural that Mark Warner and Tom Thune would come up with a great idea. Let's come up with an Orwellian censorship grab and we'll disguise it as anti-TikTok legislation. And it's called the Restrict Act. The Restrict Act has very little to do with TikTok. Uh, The Restrict Act gives the uh, Department of National Intelligence the ability to tell a website using any foreign content or software that might be engaged in platform communications in the U.S. government views as against their interest to shut down or face criminal charges. Now, if you use WordPress or you use Shoutcast or you use software that's developed in the U.K., which I know that sometimes you'll see a, a Skype, I think Norway, right, Sweden. Uh, when you get a, when you get charged, it's an international transaction. A transaction that would mean that you're you're getting foreign content, which would put you in the crosshairs of the government. So let's say you have a podcast or a website, or you're a journalist on TV, and you have a Twitter account, or perhaps maybe you uh, uh, do business with a bank. Or or perhaps you do business with some foreign entity. You are in the crosshairs. And this is going to be turned against the American people politically as a way of suppressing speech. If you use virtual private networks, for example, you could be punished. The Restrict Act can also be used to punish people using VPNs. If they're used to access banned websites, I know a lot of people that like to go overseas and play games that are made. I was just talking to my son's girlfriend who talks about she's into anime. So she goes on Japanese websites to watch certain movies that are not available here in in the States, right? The Restrict Act directs the Secretary of Commerce to identify, deter, disrupt, prevent, prohibit, investigate, or otherwise mitigate that which is deemed a national security risk associated with technology linked to the countries and the specific countries, at least now, are China, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and Venezuela. But that doesn't mean that at some point our own government can use the Restrict Act to monitor and shut down opposition in this country. All they'd have to prove is that the platform that you're on is run out of a company in the U.K., or that software that you're using requires, well, I think Zoom, if I'm not mistaken, is a Chinese-created uh, uh, platform, if I'm not mistaken. It has its roots in China. Uh, if you use a drone, that is ma- there is a popular brand of drone called DJI Mobile. That is a Chinese-based company. A lot of products that we buy from China are, you know, knockoffs of American technology. So sometimes you might be using Chinese technology that you think is American, and it's not American. So Senator Mark Warner and Tom Thune think that they've outsmarted the bad guys. Uh, But the problem is the bad guys change from day to day. And right now, I'm not so sure if the FBI is the good guy. So it's something that should get you to write your congressperson and tell them you don't want the Restrict Act. You think it's, again, overreach from the United States government. And you can tell them, try try take two. Let's go back and do this again. What we're trying to do is protect ourselves from those countries who have a vested interest in undermining American security. Not Americans who simply get pissed off from time to time at their government and they want their government to behave themselves. 
there's nothing wrong with being angry or expecting your government to conduct itself uh, with an ethical standard. But if it becomes politically expedient to shut those people down, they'll figure out a way to do it. And this restrict act, this restrict act gives them a way to do that. So beware. Coming up next, Michael Letts. We're going to talk about Second Amendment and what Joe Biden is up to and why you should be concerned. Speaking out, America. One of the reasons I like to have Michael Letts on is because, for one thing, he's an outstanding uh, individual who's accomplished so much and has done so much. Do you know that his company, USAinvest.org, has now uh, made it possible for 6,500 of our finest in law enforcement to wear vests? Yeah, that's right. Uh, his, his organization, which is investusa.org, uh, Michael Letts is the founder and the president uh, he has got uh, bona fides that are just so impressive. Uh, 6,500 concealable and active shooter vests have been distributed by his organization to police officers throughout the United States and globally as the result of his leadership. In addition to his national efforts, he is actively involved in community service in South Carolina. He's also uh, he is the governor's appointee on the South Carolina Legislative Infrastructure Study Committee. Uh, he's also a member of the South Carolina Policy Council. And are you a chaplain as well, Michael? That is. I'm a chaplain for law enforcement and for the fire department, and I've uh, been that for quite some time. In a way, you're fo- following in your father's footsteps, right? I mean, it, did you have to make a choice at one point about what you wanted to? Was it law enforcement? Was it uh, <laughs> serving God? Yeah, or? actually. I'm an ordained minister, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, my father was the senior pastor. I was executive pastor. And uh, when Dad sat down, they asked me to step in as senior pastor. But we have so much going on on a national level. I felt like it was most important to continue to make a difference across the country because I felt like the senior pastor position really needed to be one that was there most of the time. And of course, we travel around a good bit. Yeah. Well, as a, as a pastor, as a man of the cloth, and as a man who understands... Uh, something about grief. People ask around this time, uh, if God is a loving God, why does he allow such bad things to happen? I personally hate that question. And I have my own answer, but I'd love to know what yours is. I tell him every time, I said, you know, I said, God didn't cause the issue. Man made the decision as to uh, what actions to take. And uh, if we follow that logic and rhetoric and expect God to intervene, and never allow anything bad to happen in there, it would be robots. Yeah. It would be any uh, man-made decisions. and uh, be no free God will. didn't find it that way. Yeah, that's the danger of free will. And it's, uh, it's a, you know, in the hands of the wrong kind of people, you can see what happens. And I think that's what we see is in the instance of Nashville, you know, here's this 28-year-old woman. Uh, she's obviously got anger issues, probably on medication, who knows, and, you know, sure. of all the places to go, why do you think, uh, you know, you've been around this enough to know, is, does this strike you as a familiar area of why someone would go into a church or a school? Uh, do you have any insight as to what might have made all of this happen? It definitely, Jim, was a target towards Christianity. But um, quite frankly, it shouldn't come as a surprise, especially in the circumstance that we are in with the administration that we currently have now. You know, this is not a first-time issue. 
we see this administration, Biden administration, who has utilized its authority to weaponize and politicize uh, federal agencies, such as the Department of Justice. We saw that uh, memos were leaked from the Bureau targeting Catholics in Virginia by the FBI, among others. So we know that they are targeting values and principles because they don't agree with the uh, values and principles that America shares. Quite frankly, this country was founded on those principles. Mm -hmm. And so there is a great attack against that. And this is just another manifestation of that. What is very frustrating, Jim, is the length to which they will go to accomplish their nefarious objective. Now, what do I mean by that? The White House has, and the Department of Justice, have suppressed studies that have been issued concerning, we're just going to talk about the transgender issue for just a moment. We know for a fact that uh, these studies have been released that show that when a female especially, which is this case, trying to make a transition to a male and is taking male hormones, testosterone and others, that four years before the body adjusting that kind of hormonal uh, differences, and it causes rage and an outburst of, of, of rage quite frequently. The White House and the Department of Justice have known those studies exist, but yet they refuse to release them. They buried them. And so they knew that people such as the uh, assailant that we're talking about here had that potential to uh, for rage and outburst. Nothing was ever done to monitor that, uh, quite frankly. She made it very clear on her social media page and uh, that she was attempting to do something and was going to do something. I find it ironic, Jim, that the agency, talking about the feds, are so good at monitoring things that they don't have warrants for that are privacy matters to the American people. Yet when it comes to issues that would save lives, they fail time and time again repeatedly. It is a proven fact. We know this to be uh, factual on every active shooting situation that we've had lately. But there have always been precursors. There have always been warnings ahead of time. Yet the Bureau, whether it's Uvalde, whether, you know, it's the one in Nashville, I mean, mall shootings. And yet, for some reason, the feds don't seem to pay that any attention. Yet let a parent decide that they want to object to some kind of... Uh, sexual textbooks being given in their school or CRT or some other things. The feds seem to know exactly what you're doing, when you're doing it, and they seem to put you in a category and label you automatically for further investigation. That's what we're facing as a country now. It is the exact opposite of the foundation principles this country was built upon. And uh, it's time that we, the American people, say, you know, freedom is worth dying for. Our forefathers clearly demonstrated that by establishing this country. And we're not going to allow the spirit of the Lord of liberty and freedom to just be crushed without standing for truth. And it's time that we, the American people and the church, stand and say, here is the truth, and we're going to make sure we proclaim it loudly and get this country back to where it needs to be. You know, you brought up a good point, Michael, about the medicine and the hormone therapy and the estrogen therapy and all of these drugs that they pump into these adults who are transitioning. And in this case, Audrey Hale was 28, so... She's well past puberty. But I'm thinking, you know, now with this new fad that's being pressured, uh, kids being groomed uh, into the same ideology, what kind of effects do those same chemicals have 
on younger people who are not even grown up. They haven't even gone through puberty. I would imagine this would cause yeah, an extreme amount of rage and anxiety and other factors and side effects, right? No, there's no question. The, the studies prove it. And what is so frustrating is especially when we're talking about these young people, is they don't understand that what they're experiencing is not caused by the fact that they're having a bad day or their hair didn't comb right. It's caused internally by the imbalance of these chemicals and these drugs they're giving to them. So basically, I mean, they're wondering what's wrong with them, and they don't know where to turn. And we're the yeah. ones that cause the problem. We allow doctors to cause those problems. And we allowed them to do it because of the fact that we believe, we talked about this when we first started this interview, you know, there's free will. When yeah. we are not just exercising free will, we were trying to use that to further nefarious purposes. And we allow people to control our young, our, our children and implant just horribly deceptive ideas into their minds. Yeah. Hang and on right there. We've got it. We're up against a hard break. Michael Letts, InvestUSA.org. You're listening to Speaking Out America. We'll continue in just a moment. It's almost hard to imagine what Michael Letts just said of investusa.org. Here we have a situation in our society where parents are accused of being domestic terrorists because they object to gender fluidity, fluidity being taught in their schools. And by the very token, law enforcement does not follow up or keep track of, or they seem to ignore the red light signals when these people who are undergoing transition uh, gender transition themselves become violent and the police don't try to stop them. Isn't that interesting? They're stopping the parents, but they're not making a what, what you just said is an overt attempt to stop people who are at risk. And they, they, they have a, a reason. It is not happenstance, Jim. It's uh, certainly a planned, orchestrated event. And the reason why it's orchestrated is they are attempting to create chaos in America. Why do they want to create chaos in America? Uh, it's very simple when you lay it out. They have uh, portrayed law enforcement, civil, we're not talking about law enforcement, I'm talking about local and state law enforcement, as being racist, as being buffoons. We can't uh, do the job. We can't seem to bring violence under control. Of course, the truth of the matter is, is that happens because these officers are being ordered to stand down. It's not because they can't fulfill their role and duty. But they want to do that to create a sense of panic across this country. The violence is on the tremendously increase and rise. You can't do anything about it unless you turn over the enforcement to the federal government. The federal government has already said what they will do. They're very clear in their objective, ATF, FBI, DOJ, and others. This is their official position, is that violence is caused by excessive gun use. And as such, they will control guns. They will confiscate those that are there and, quote, unquote, cause violence to cease by the confiscation of weapons. The problem with that, Jim, is they have never been able to answer the question, and how do you plan on getting these weapons from criminals? Right. Because I will assure you they're not going to come and hand them back to you. 
that's not their purpose. Their purpose is if they can control and get weapons from law-abiding citizens, they now have removed your ability to uh, object to any governmental actions. And once they have done that, they have full control. And then you will either bow before the knee of government or you'll be banished. You'll be one of the two. Yeah, you hear that a lot from people on the left. They're just parroting no more. Well, of course, you know, the interchange you saw last night that's making the rounds on the news today where you have two Congress people shouting it or one shouting at the other saying, if you take the guns away, you'll take the crime away and the shootings will stop. And and, and I, you know, like you said, you know, what do you do about the criminals that have the guns? How are we supposed to protect ourselves? You know, it's interesting, but I saw today that uh Cook County, which is basically Chicago, and L.A. County, two the second and third largest populated cities, uh, saw steep declines, people moving out. Uh, 90,000 people moved out of L.A. County in 2022, uh, twice that amount in 2021, 180,000. And in Cook County, Chicago, they lost 68,000 from July to June of 2021, and uh, they have a decline of 68,000 people from the year previous. We all know why they're leaving, because they're not safe. The crime Correct. is going up. Correct. The society is falling apart. You see now, you know, they have this TV show called America's Funniest Home Videos. They should have another one called America's Most Violent Videos, because we're seeing people uh, confronting each other. I watched for 10 minutes this morning this video of these people going into the store, just taking whatever they want. For 20 minutes, these people just parading in. Yes. What is, I imagine people right now are, are majorly concerned. Why would you want to take somebody's gun away under the current environment? Well, you're exactly right, Jim. I mean, this is prevailing across the country. I want to stress to your listeners, this is not something that happens in one little small section in the country. This is now prevailing across the country. We now are having gangs. I use the word gang loosely because we're not talking about the Bloods or the Crips. We're talking about groups of teens mm -hmm. that are roaming the malls, that are harassing and beating shoppers for no reason. And confronting each other, just literally being thugs all across the country. It's very prevalent in California now, but it's moving across the country in the northeast section as well. And uh, again, their purpose in doing that is simply because they want to create such an atmosphere that the American people, because they learned this lesson well, Jim, they learned it under COVID. The American people were, were fearful mm -hmm. under COVID. Mm -hmm. And they realized that when they became fearful, they were willing to give up rights they would have never considered giving up before. And so they understand that if we can make the American people fearful, we will get them to give up their rights, i.e. to defend themselves, et cetera. And then they will maintain full control. I thought it interesting, Jim. I was on a uh, show yesterday afternoon, a liberal national show. And, of course, the first question was, surely now you're changing your position. This is Nashville. <laughs> you support gun control. <sighs> I said, I'll tell you what. Before we actually engage in that, and I, you, we can have a very good conversation with that, but why don't we do something else first? Let's talk about how we're going to hold people accountable for their actions. Once we have got accountability and hold people accountable for their actions, then we can talk about whether they do or don't need uh, weapons, you know, protection, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought the response was ironic. No, uh, that's too complicated. It's easier just to take the guns away. I said, so in other words, in this country, nobody is accountable for their actions anymore. You can do whatever you want to. It's always somebody else's fault. That's where the problem lies in society today. And if we do not deal with that issue, we will never see 
justice in this country. I could see that over the next decade, the direction that we decide to take will determine if there is a split off uh, between certain states, red states, blue states. You can clearly see the divide. And I'll tell you what, if it ends up becoming that way, I don't want to live in a blue state. I'll live in a red state for sure because I know I'll be safer. I mean, the statistics bear out. Democrat-run cities have much higher crime rates than Republican-run cities and states. California versus Florida is just one good example. But I hope you're wrong. It holds true, Jim, every time because, you know, and I told them the statistics don't lie. Uh, Those areas that have the highest gun control have the highest violent crime. Those areas that empower their citizens to be able to protect themselves have the least amount of crime. It's just a standard that just applies universally. I want to spend a minute or two before, because I know you, our time is short, because we never really spend a lot of time, Michael. And for those who just joined us, Michael Letts is a president and CEO of Invest USA. And one of the many things that you do is, I mean, there's just so many things. I'm, I can't believe I'm humbled, but you're, you're, you call on people to donate money to buy these protective vests. Is there a shortage of vests? Is, is, is there, how did you get involved in that angle of helping law enforcement? Well, let me give a quick overview. We've been doing this for 30 years, Jim. When we started in 1993, 52% of officers across the country had no protection at all. We got that down to 19% where they have concealable vests. People will see the vest underneath their shirts. That's called a concealable vest. It will stop any sidearm, i.e. any pistol. It will not stop a rifle round. So roughly about a decade ago, the criminal element got uh, smarter, shall we say, and decided to start targeting and attacking our law enforcement officers with long-range rifles, assault rifles. What happened then is we had to stop. We had to develop new technologies called active shooter vests. They have titanium plates. Literally will stop anything that mankind has at the moment currently out there. But the problem, Jim, is that since it's relatively new technology, 90% of officers across the country do not have this technology. And so they're vastly underprotected. They're vastly uh, underperforming uh, because of the fact that the criminal element has this. They do not. In fact, let me just take a moment to give a shout-out to Nashville PD, what happened yesterday. Yeah. Uh, those officers, if you look at the video camera, had concealable vests. They did not have active shooter vests. It was an active shooter call. Uh, we knew that they were long-range rifles involved, yet I'm so proud of those officers. They knew their duty, and they knew what they had been, their oath of office. They grabbed their rifles and immediately went in running, not concerned about their safety, not concerned that they didn't have the necessary vest to protect themselves. They were determined to save those kids. Yeah, That's the kind of people that we have that protect us, and I think, Jim, it's the least we can do as a country to make sure that we have their back the same way they have ours. Agreed. Well, we'll have to leave it there, Michael. I appreciate you coming on again. We'll have you back. Michael Letts, investusa.org. Go on that website and see if you can help Michael as he helps protect our law enforcement so that they can protect you. We'll be back. Speaking at America, I'm JR. It's hard to believe, but Easter's almost here, isn't it? Special Good Friday is Friday. Um, and I know that I'm going to be... It's my favorite. I love I love Easter. It's been, it's been corrupted the least. 
Yeah, they tried to turn it into an Easter egg worship of the bunny, but, you know, the roots of Easter are still rooted in Christianity and the lessons are there. New beginnings, new life, sacrifice, friendship, loyalty. You know, those things that are endangered these days. Uh, And I want to thank again Mike Letts. People like that inspire me because they're putting it out there. There's action, there's words, there's trying to keep people safe, really. I mean, trying to empower people to be able to protect themselves is, is an important thing. So I guess tomorrow is Transgender Vengeance Day. Does that make any sense at all? Transgender? How did we get to this point? It's just amazing to me how we got from uh, being okay with people who are gay getting married to this. Why is there such a fight? If If you've ever asked yourself about this, why is there such a fight for the transgenderization of, of youth. It's almost on the same excitement level as abortion rights. Well, what is it about? You know, part of me understands that maybe these people get themselves all worked up because they think that they're protecting the feelings of young people who are confused. Well, young people are confused about everything. I mean, I remember how horrible it was being 14 and insecure and not sure who your friends are and not sure if you're even worthy of having friends. I mean, everybody went through those periods. But, you know, we didn't try to take advantage and exploit those young people. We just let them grow out of it. And that's what we're trying to say now, because if you're insisting that we allow the medical community to, to take care of this, thinking that they know what's best. They don't know what's best because if you or I were to go into a doctor and self-diagnose and say, doctor, I think this is what's wrong with me and I need this medication, the doctor would say, no, that's not how it works. I will look at you and I will examine you. I'm the one who went to college for this, not you. But when we talk about our kids, the kid goes in and says, I think I want to be a boy. There's no questions asked. Let's get this kid on puberty blockers. Stat. Why are people wanting, I'm willing to have that conversation. This has nothing to do with the feelings of a child. If I was having a conversation with an adult and that adult chose to be transgender, I would have no problem with that. If you want to be of a different body or have a different perspective, to me, it's no different from wearing a wig. If that's who you identify with and that's how you become more comfortable in your body and you're an adult and you can make that choice. Absolutely, I will fight for your right to do that. If you feel that you are naturally inclined to a person of the opposite sex and you're unable to form an emotional bond with a member of the same sex or the opposite sex, I will fight for your right. Because I know that we're all on our own journey and we all have to try to make adjustments so that we're comfortable in our own skin. I get that. But when you're talking about people that are 14 years old, 12 years old, and even younger, five, six years old, how old were Char- Charlize Theron's kid? Like four years old, three years old. How on earth can you possibly make the claim that a child would be able to say to you, I think I was born in the wrong body and mean it? But 20 years ago, we could have had this conversation 
and it would have been an, hopefully an intelligent discussion. But we can't do that today because everything is so politicized, as Gareth Gwynn said on the program yesterday. Uh, we, we walk into almost every situation now with our guard up that that person is going to say something to offense, uh, to offend us, our sensibilities. And this is one of those touchy subjects. But this is an interesting perspective on it because Levi, you know, Levi Jeans, they are partnering with uh, artificial intelligence to use computer-generated fashion models that they'll use to supplement human models. So they're going to replace humans and just go with AI. And if you've been on Instagram or if you've, I don't want to deviate too far from my point here, but, you know, AI is going to take over a lot of things. It's pretty soon the voices you hear, you'll think you're talking to a human. It won't be. When you troubleshoot, you go on a customer support line. You think you're having a conversation with a real person, uh, but you're not. You're having a conversation with artificial intelligence. Well, now they've mastered it so much that you can watch TV and you think you were watching a real person. But it's actually either CGI, computer generation, uh, a generated interface, or it's AI dressed up. To, and, and, you know, they're, they're selling sex dolls that are AI, you know. I mean, we knew this was going to happen. So Levi Strauss is partnering with Amsterdam-based digital model studio, lalaland.ai, for its initiative. Uh, it aims to let customers see what various fashion items would look like on a person who looks like them via hyper-realistic models of every body type, age, size, and skin tone. Nothing wrong with that. But it's just interesting because they're doing it in the name of diversity. They want the customer to have an inclusive customer experience, which means you're going to start seeing, I think, more and more on television, transgenderism. It's going to be promoted more. I was just watching a show last night. And again, as an adult, nothing wrong with it. But are we just grooming our children to have another optional lifestyle awaiting them? And are we trying to encourage them uh, to be gender fluid because it affirms our own uh, feelings on the matter? So I just think for a moment we need to step back, just like Elon Musk and all these thousands of tech people said, we got to step back from AI. We're going too fast. You know, we have to be careful. We don't want to step into something that we can't reverse. You know, once you put your foot on the gas, you better make sure you have enough for when you put your foot on the brake. Otherwise, you're going to crash. You know that. And all this technology, I'm not so sure that social media has been a good thing. I mean, either, I think there's antecedents of it that have come in handy during times of disaster and communication. But more often than not, it's created tension. Children are unhappy. They're addicted to it. That's why we're having this discussion about TikTok. I mean, you can't pull a phone from the hand of a teenager. And they're being inundated with messages that you as a parent might not agree with or want, want your children to be exposed to. And now this latest craze uh, has driven people to this rage that they're feeling where they feel like they have to actually physically hurt other people to protect people who are having gender dysphoria at an early age. They may, and as an example, if a person at the age of eight feels a little unsafe, there are experts that will tell you, reassure the person that they're beautiful, that, that they're beautiful just the way they are. Don't be so quick to encourage them to want to take an escape route or an early exit 
because time is something that you, you have to allow the process of growth to occur. You know, there is that step where you go, you know, just like in conception, where you go from being egg to uh, a fertilized egg. And then the next thing you know, the cells start to proliferate and nine months later, a child comes out. How could that process be abrogated so quickly and so easily by the whims of an adolescent? The whims of an adolescent to, to, to make a life-changing decision. And we as adults in the room have an obligation to protect those children from their own bad decisions. And no different would you want to protect them from taking drugs or consuming alcohol or getting in a motor vehicle and driving off or jumping on back of a motorcycle with no training. Uh, you as an adult, we all as adults have an obligation to protect our children from themselves, not to encourage reckless behavior that they'll live with for the rest of their lives. Just so that you and I can feel virtuous, that we're somehow coming to the rescue of some victim in society who's being disregarded because they're different. And it's that whole emotional left brain syndrome that we're dealing with now. Because if there's violent acts tomorrow, that tells us how far we've truly come. And again, you know, we have to be adults in the room. By the way, hats off to, I want to just, you know, I watch a lot of media. Uh, I'm very critical of the media, as you can tell. But Ben Barty, who has come across as a pretty good journalist in these last few weeks, I've been reading a lot of his articles. He writes one today in defense of corporate media. It's quick. It says one of the central lessons of Sun Tzu's art of war, ostensibly a strategy that, uh, that allows you to defeat your enemy. And he quotes, if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy for every victor gained, you will also suffer a defeat. And if you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb to every battle. That's Sun Tzu. So he's talking about MSNBC. <laughs> he says, the value of monitoring the corporate media is increased by the infiltration of the likes of the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, and by steep, uh, deep state actors, so-called journalists and experts, former retired deep state spooks who get on TV and spew their diatribe. It's important to watch them. It's important to watch the enemy. He says, in the same vein, one doesn't watch North Korean state television to find out what's actually going on in Korea. Now, that would be wrong. He says, the value, the reason to tune in is to understand how the state is posturing itself in order to better understand its motivations and likely the courses of action you should take to counter strategize it. That's a good point. Thanks again for stopping by. Don't forget, speakingoutamerica.com, the podcast, and our website as well. And if you want to communicate, our email address, speakingoutamerica at gmail.com.